everyone. Welcome back to the Social Angle Podcast. It's your girl, Melissa, and I'm so excited that you're here. So this week, me and Vin wanted to drop a special bonus episode where we recapped ASI Chicago, which was so much fun. It was my first trade show um, and also my first flight for that matter. Um, but it was just such a special energy and I had such a great time. But we were talking and we wanted to recap it for you guys and really do a deep dive on why social media marketing and live events are just a match made in heaven. And we wanted to dissect the show from the perspective of two social media marketing professionals and kind of give you a behind the scenes for how we plan to tackle social media at the show. Um, we started to plan back five months before the actual show and just getting together diverse stakeholders, talking about the type of content we wanted to create, um, you know, what we could actually create based on the personnel who are going from our team, the specific uh, points throughout the day via the schedule, once that became available, that would be right for social opportunities, and some of the popular content that we had created for previous shows that had done really well that we were considering replicating. So I think it's a good primer if you're considering, especially as things continue to open up and we're in this new model of events where it's a lot of hybrid, right? Um, it's virtual, but also in person, which is great. Um, that's really the lifeblood of our industry and nothing beats going to an event in person. You know, virtual has definitely been beneficial to us in these last uh, you know, year and a half, but nothing compares to being able to be in person, experience the products and the people in person. So if you're looking to do social media marketing better, the next time you're at an in-person or virtual event, this is a great episode for you. So let's dive in. Melissa, how you doing? Welcome back from the ASI Show Chicago. I'm doing great, Ben. Yes, ASI Chicago was so much fun. How are you? I'm like bummed you didn't come. I thought I would be like experiencing it with you and then you ditched me for vacation. No, like, unfortunately, so <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I had um, vacation from last year that was uh, obviously postponed to this year. Had no idea if that it was going to conflict with the ASI show Chicago dates of 2021. Unfortunately, they did. I couldn't back out of this, nor would I back out of it. I would prefer to be on vacation uh, in the Outer Banks than I would be, you know, for ASI show Chicago. But I did have FOMO. I, you know, I was following what was going on uh, on social media. Um, so tell me, what what were your thoughts about your first, not only your first Chicago show, but your first uh, trade show in our industry? It was incredible. Like there was not enough time uh, just to meet everybody that I wanted to. And it was just such a cool energy. I don't know if we'll ever experience it again. And, and quite frankly, I don't have a benchmark for um, my time at ASI because this was my first, but there was like such a sense of gratitude and just like living in the moment because we haven't had this for like 18 months outside of virtual shows, which has been great. But nothing, you know, uh, replaces that in-person touch. And thank God for technology. But it was just, it was a really fun time. And I can't wait for the next one. That's great. You know, I was following what you guys were doing um, through social media. And, you know, just following the chatter, the videos, uh, seeing the content. And it just seemed like 
people had the same sentiment. They were just happy to be together. There was an energy at the show, uh, an excitement. I mean, I've been to my share of ASI shows, um, and I and I get that excitement. I know I know that energy. I've been there. I've felt it before. But I've got to say, there there probably was more energy than I've ever experienced um, at this show. So it, w was that a common thread at the show? Did you talk to people? Uh, like what was their impression of the show? So definitely 100%. Um, I, I noticed like there was a Twitter chat that was going on and people were talking about um, you know, how they're going to greet their friends, you know, and if there would be awkwardness, I think there was some apprehension because, you know, we still are in a pandemic, you know, a lot of the restrictions that kind of held us back with the show that kind of had us on the fence, if it was even going to happen on the date that it was going to happen in the summer got, got lifted. So, you know, there was some people in mass and there was some people who were not, it was not required at the show, but in this Twitter thread, people were talking about that prior to uh, the first day, like of education day that kicks off like right before um, the two days of exhibition. So people were like, you know, I don't know if people will want to hug, if I should handshake, should it be just like, you know, uh, elbow tap, like what's appropriate in uh, everything that's going on. So there was a lot of like negotiation, but as soon as people hit that floor, all of that apprehension, like, just went away, people were happy to do business. And you saw that sentiment, not just only reflected online, but as I was walking through uh, taking content for um, education sessions to walking through the hallways being like, I haven't seen you since last summer. You know, I miss you so much. How's your family? Like that type of sentiment just like totally touched my heart because you realize like how hungry people were for this. You know, so I think this uh, show was just doubly impactful, you know, much more than we had anticipated, which was nice. So did you wear a mask? So I originally, like when I was out, like when we were going to restaurants, I did on the trade show floor. Um, I did not, you know, like when I was in settings where like, I felt like it was more transient, like pub, like, you know, anything to do with public uh, transportation, like me getting in an Uber, because you're supposed to, um, and then getting to the airport, because you're supposed to, and then even like when I would be waiting, um, you know, for like my cab or whatever on the sidewalk, I had a mask on just because like, it was just, to me, it didn't feel right not having one, you know? So like, uh, even though, you know, in some spaces it was required, but like in those places that were more of a gray area, like sidewalks and stuff, I wore them. So what about others on the show? You mentioned that, you know, on the show floor, um, you didn't wear one. Did, did it seem like a lot of people were wearing them or did you not see people wearing them at all? So I said, oh, maybe like 5%, which was interesting. And it was mostly um, people who were older, you know, older adults, which I could totally understand. They're more immunocompromised. So it's just that extra layer of protection. But there were so many precautions we had in place, like hand sanitizer was ubiquitous everywhere. People were giving it out as samples branded. So it's just like, it wasn't like we threw all caution to the wind. Things were appropriately spaced and we posted the number, you know, of people that we could appropriately for the size of our show with everything. So it's like, you know, those were, there were those physical, you know, barriers of protection outside of people putting on masks. Okay, so I, I'm, again, we're talking about um, 
an ASI show Chicago recap, and we're also talking about social media um, that we that you saw that was well done at the show. So uh, let, let me, let's talk about keynotes and any keynotes that really stood out for you. So both keynotes were awesome. We had Dan Thurman for the first day. He's a motivational speaker. Um, he has a book, I believe it's called Living um, Off Balance on Purpose. Um, which apparently is really good. Um, I didn't get a chance to check it out yet. And then we had NFL legend Terry Bradshaw for the second day. So they were both amazing in their own right. So Dan has an acrobatics background, like since from childhood, and he's woven that into his motiv motivational speaking engagement. So it's really funny because <laughs> I sat front row and I got videos of him because, you know, I'm like all in social media mode. He's juggling axes, talking about, you know, overcoming challenges, which I think, you know, people were kind of like raps watching him. He was bringing people up to juggle with him on stage. It was really interactive, you know, which was really, really cool. Like, I don't think he sat still once. So that like hour or 45 minutes that he spoke went by so quick. But there was one time where like I'm right in the front. And I'm getting a video and he has this bit where he talks about um, what is the bowling ball in your life? What's the biggest weight? And he brings out pins and a bowling ball to juggle. So he juggles them and there's a moment where he drops the bowling ball and it hits him on the head and you could hear that clack. Like my heart stopped. I'm like, we'll be all dialing 911, dragging this guy out to an ambulance, like, oh my God, he's dead. His head, like, you know, everybody was like, <gasps> like this collective gasp from this packed room of people. And I mean, it was standing room. Like we had people standing to see him. And he's like, you know, it's not that serious, you know, like, and it was this whole kind of like meditation about like, you know, challenges we perceive to be harder than what they actually are. We just have to really kind of get through it. Like I'm not doing it justice like he is, but it was a great moment. And so it wasn't an actual bowling ball. No, it was a fake one for clarity. Right. Yeah. So it was like the surprise element to prove his point. So we heard this clack, all of us were like, <gasps> and then it rolled off stage and this older gentleman, gentleman, John Robbins, <laughs> um, the whole time in his little blazer jeans, just, you know, totally just like absorbing this in it rolls to the bottom of his feet. He picks it up and headbutts it back to Dan. And if I'm not like that, like in my late fifties, like I don't want it. Like he was just totally game. <laughs> like yeah, he was yeah. so, so cool. Like- Yeah, you actually have video of this and you know, we'll yeah. add it to our, our podcast page. Um, I did see that and I, and I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> you know, was that, he just hit himself in the head with a bowling ball. And then as it's bouncing off the stage, I realized that it's, it's really just like one of the, those light, you know, round kid balls, you know, like you just throw around. Um, so yeah, it was, it was well done from what I saw. People love Dan Thurman. Um, he's been at ASI shows before. He's very yeah. creative in his approach to combining his physical talents you know with his marketing messages so yeah i mean he's he's i haven't seen him live but he's somebody i think is is definitely worth seeing if you have the opportunity so what about terry bradshaw uh oh, so i came in late for him which kind of stunk because i was i was scanning people i was on scanning duty so i stayed out late so others could go in because we had stragglers like people wanted to see him so we had people rush they're like oh i know i'm late i just wanted to set things up in my booth i want to see him so there was a meet and greet for him. People came in jerseys, which was so cute. Like this one uh, woman was like, I, I love him. I can't wait to meet him and everything. And 
you know, for somebody like that, who is such a well-known celebrity, you don't know what the flavor is going to be like, what the private persona is versus the public. You know, if this person is going to be different, he was like salt of the earth, like shirt off your back. Nice. So sweet. So engaging. And he bounced in there and he was giving hugs and handshakes. Like you could hear the cheers, like people really wanted to see him. And he was really engaging and funny. And I think like where Dan brought more motivational, like personal development flavor, like Terry spoke from the heart, from his life experiences and drew people in that way with humor and being goofy. And he, he said that during his keynote. And when I finally got in there, you know, I of course got really close and everything because I wanted to check it out. And um, what I thought was, was just like so cool is at the end, like, people were definitely taking in what he was saying, but it was more silent, you know, like people were really soaking in his words. People stood up and gave him a standing ovation, which was so nice. You know, it was so awesome to see like his message, you know, about making, you know, uh, difficulties, you know, like your year better, you know, working with what you have, like really resonate with people. So two great dynamic speakers, totally different flavors. Um, but again, just great keynotes. Yeah, Terry's a genuine dude. You know, I watch football, so I see him on NFL Today. And, you know, he is, he's, seems like, you know, what you see, what is what you mm -hmm. get kind of guy. Like, you know, yep. he, he doesn't seem fake or anything. And he seems like he would tell you exactly what's on his mind at any time, anywhere. Um, so I'm sorry I missed that one. I That's definitely one I would have loved to have caught. And from what I hear, he did a great job. Um, you're not the only one that says, you know, he, he did great. You know, I, he's, look, he's he's a legend, you know, um, not only just in the city of Pittsburgh where he won, I think, four Super Bowls, but he's, you know, he's admired for his leadership skills. He's somebody who, um, you know, has succeeded at life in, in many different areas. So, you know, to hear somebody like that talk about life experiences and um, overcoming adversity and how to be winner, you know, that's that's a win for, for anyone who, who would have seen it. So, all right, so let's talk about social media. You know, that's what we're here to talk about. Like, what did you see at the show while you were walking the floor um, from the vendor perspective on, on what was uh, particularly done well? Good question. So I feel like the best thing about trade shows is they're an immersive experience, right? Like they, like we saw the spectrum, me and John, like, cause luckily I had support. John came to cover and create long form content for ASI Central. He's a senior writer, John Corgan, check him out. He's on Twitter and you can also find all his recent articles on ASI Central, but we kind of tag teamed and for social media, what I found interesting is kind of a reconfirmation of what we already know then, which is people come to get content from us for Facebook and Twitter. Like those, I mean, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Those are our three big channels. People got information and engaged and asked questions with us on that. But for their own content creation, what I saw um, that was the most ubiquitous was Instagram, which is interesting because that channel, when there's not a large industry event, um, what we get tagged in, how people interact with us isn't as robust. People seem to post as needed, but they're not really actively communicating there as they are with us year round on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So there was people who were doing takeovers on their company stories and bringing people behind the scenes. 
on social media, there were people who were doing product demos. There were people who were displaying um, kind of like time lapses of setups, like the before and after, like, hey, this is us getting to the booth. This is us after. There were people doing just soft plugs, like, hey, I'm so glad we're back at ASI Chicago at one of the larger industry events, you know, like, I'm so happy to be here to sell, to promote, but also to see like my friends and my promo family. And then there was the behind the scenes after party type of stuff where a lot of people were tagging us and happy hours they were going to. Um, so it was like just a great spectrum of business and professional content. Um, but yeah, takeovers, behind the scenes, before and afters, photo dumps or albums were really popular. People are nosy, they have FOMO. So I saw people, um, there were a couple of good ones on Facebook and LinkedIn, but Instagram was really where it was at for the show, which was surprising. So overall, do you think that there was uh, um, the right amount of social media that you expected? There was more than you thought, less? Like what was your assessment about, you know, how social media was being done at the show. Because in my experience, there's always been missed opportunities and uh, a lot less social media activity than I would hope, considering mm -hmm. the size, you know, the amount of vendors that we have, the amount of distributors that hit the floor, there's opportunity there. And I've always said, yes, there are people doing great things with social media here, but not enough. So what, what was your impression of that? It's still, I don't want to say a missed opportunity, but it was more embraced than I think it has been in previous years, thanks in part, you know, to the pandemic. People realize that digital is essential in some capacity. And as we always preach, you don't have to be on every channel, but lean into the ones that you do well and that align with your, you know, strategic business goals and your audience. And I felt like people really realized that, like there wasn't a stop. The people who have picked up um, in this industry, their content creation for social stayed consistent because that's kind of was my measurement as a benchmark for that because I felt like, you know, people are going back to their bread and butter and what's familiar and they technically don't have to do social media. So are they going to take that extra time because good social takes time to continue when there's a huge physical business opportunity. So there was people who, you know, I consider uh, content creators now or have been forced to kind of come to the forefront because of the pandemic who stayed consistent. So I think like we're going to see a larger embracing of social as people, again, rev up in-person events and also use it to help promote with virtual because I don't think virtual is going away at all. You know, it's made things too accessible to our industry, which is, you know, there's such a wide spectrum, as you know, not everybody can put the upfront cost for a hotel room and a, and a flight. So if they can still participate and they can do it cheaply from their own living room, they're not going to say no to that. So, but there still is, there's, there's people who are like, you know, um, they're, they're like, I'm about that sale. And I understand, you know, again, it's an upfront cost, but to me, it's like, uh, you know, people were missing their social media or marketing professionals. They had sales executives there. And, you know, again, you can't put your whole team but I was like, man, even just a couple of posts, you know, even if you just got raw content and you texted or emailed it back to your marketing team to use, like, why not you do it? Like, don't sleep on that. It's like priceless content. I agree. Um, but overall, you were pleasantly surprised. Right. Yeah, I was. I have to okay. say I was because like, again, I thought it was going to be a backslide, you know, and I don't mean that with any hater shade towards our industry, but it's 
it's very comfortable to go back to what you know. And this pandemic pushed us across so many different aspects of business, especially when it came to technology, not just social media. So it was nice to see people who like, for example, Sanmar, their territory manager, um, you know, did a takeover. So she was like, she started her day bright and early. I got tagged at like seven o'clock in the morning in her hotel room. She's like, hey, dressed, branded and everything. Like, follow me as I'll be at the booth all day. If you have questions, like I thought that was really, really cool and mad props. Cause to me, it's like, that's what people could have been doing at all the booths and they should be. Um, but not everybody is gonna be stalls, heating and printing, who again, I think knocked it out of the park. They were another good one that capitalized on the momentum of physically being there in person for social. So. Yeah, you know, I think you bring up a good point about the whole um, pandemic, virtual uh, FOMO. Like, I think those are all like, the perfect storm of really kind of putting social media in the crosshairs of yeah. always been, it's been important for this industry to, to jump on social media, especially during a trade show. But now more than ever, I think, you know, you mentioned that we're still in a pandemic, right? Things, things are better than they were a year ago uh, for sure. But there are people who still were reluctant to fly. They wouldn't fly. You know, there's, Talk about doing, you know, trade shows now, offering hybrid modes, and yeah. social media is going to play a huge part in that. And I think that, you know, stepping your social media game up, you know, since the pandemic started, I think it's going to be integral to to your company's per perception at a trade show. Like if you don't have a social media presence at your trade show, you're you're certainly going to miss out because there are going to be people. Who are also not at that trade show, but watching social media, looking for the content from your business that they crave. You know, they want to be there. They want to see what you're doing. They're not getting it from your social media, you know, and in the past you would have been there physically, but now you're not for whatever reason, you don't want to fly. You have conflicts in your schedule. Social media is, is really the, the place to be for that FOMO. 100%. Also, don't you think this year is the perfect time to start if you're still on the fence like if the pandemic didn't convince you i think we've seen a shift in our industry so instead of waiting three years down the line and you're already more behind than your peers because let me tell you like if you're not doing it your peers are so it's like one more mode of visibility and engagement you could be having which you know requires goal setting strategy planning time and resources but still can be very effective, you know, and can be done cheaply. So like, why aren't you doing it? Like, that's really right. my question where it's like, this is, it's like now or never, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. All right. So let's talk about popular demos. Did you see any demos that really stood out for you uh, from any of the vendors? So stalls, heating and printing. Um, I just think like, I would love to know, like I would love to do a behind the scenes um, with like one of their account executives or marketing department, because I feel like prior to them being at the show, the way that they do webinars, the way that they do in-person events, there's always a hands-on element. And I think that that's really good because everybody learns different. And I think the great thing about promotional products is it's tangible, right? Like it's a tangible experience that you're giving somebody that, you know, in the right context evokes the right emotion, evokes the right action, right? 
So like for them, they constantly had a crowd of people like all throughout the two days of exhibits because they would have those demos. So it's like, it was a great way for them to educate people on their products and services, but also hands-on where like, if people have questions, they could ask them in the moment. And I think that that is like, everybody has their sales style, as you know, you know, like if we were both on the floor and we, you know, switch lives with account execs for the day, like mine would be different than yours. Right. Mm -hmm. So I totally respect that. But um, I think when you can make it an accessible experience for your audience where they feel comfortable, like they're not going to be shamed or they're pestering you, you know, for asking Mm -hmm. a question, I think you're going to win as a sales uh, associate. So I think like, again, mad props to them. They did like a fantastic job also in their education sessions as well. Yeah. Stalls brings the big guns, you know, they, they, um, you know, they're, their booth is usually got some sort of um, equipment that, you know, they're, they're doing heat pressing, they're, they're doing some really cool stuff, and they're giving away t-shirts, and like, to me, that's like, how could you not do something like that if you have the capabilities, um, you know, because that's going to draw a crowd, people are going to come in, they're going to do video, they're going to, I mean, it's a perfect social opportunity. opportunity, you know, like, and we did a, a, a demo a couple years ago, and it turned out to be one of our best in terms of reality because you know stall social media team picked it up and shared it and you know it was just one of those things that if you can if you can maximize um your your booth by adding you know and i hate to say it like the bells and whistles that attract people and then you kind of use your social media to amplify what you're doing at the show you're going to get really good engagement so like that that is a win-win situation and it's good to see that stalls is really you know um doing some great things still doing great things at the show all right so let's talk about uh strategy and tactics from an asi perspective um what what was asi doing um from um from a strategy perspective at the show great question so we started to plan this month months in advance you know obviously so there were multiple meetings behind the scenes uh, from different people or stakeholders, I should say, in different departments about like protocol, commonly asked FAQ, so everybody could be on the same page. And it was really an all hands on deck mentality. So that was helpful. And then I started to meet with Don, who's our uh, director of public relations about some of the things that they were planning for promotion. So I got cued in very early, which I think the best thing you can do with your social media professional if you're going to use social media marketing for a live event wow. is to like include them early and often um, because a lot of times they're the first line of defense that if your customer has a question you know it can just roll off their tongue or you know onto the keyboard and you don't have to search for that information um so planning and then i did a creative brief where i really went channel by channel and thought about what were the biggest opportunities And I knew ahead of time um, the layout and the schedule. So, you know, again, attacking that schedule, knowing the vendors, the ones who I knew were gonna do great things like stalls or just being open to get that content in the moment. I would say me and John, John again, who was our senior writer um, here, John Corrigan, he came with me. So he handled long form content, but he also backed me up on social, especially on Twitter for some of the more spur of the moment, you know, I'm just gonna grab this product demo. I'm gonna grab this sales uh, exec and talk to them. I'm going to talk to this other personality, that type of thing. And then, you know, thinking about those prime opportunities, like our keynotes, 
the vendors, the behind the scenes, um, the education day sessions, capitalizing on that FOMO were things that we exploited, but also too as well, you know, our Facebook exclusive group, you know, for those of you who may not know about it, definitely join, um, it's very active. People were using that for customer service. People who had questions, for example, about um, shipping from the show, we didn't have it this year. But luckily there was a FedEx store um, in McCormick Place. So there was a couple of people who I directed to that. So, you know, customer service in groups, which is I think a common tactic for brands um, doing lives, you know, live broadcasts. I think people love that in the moment content. Uh, Tim Andrews, ASI CEO, walked the floor. We also did a, um, you know, after the keynote with Dan Thurman, which is up there. We also, I made sure to get Matthew Cohen. Um, he did a what to expect, which was like an hour really engaging session about all the changes, all the things to expect. And I wanted that because I knew, again, I would have people who would have questions. So I got a couple of emails and business cards from people who were like, you know, I want to know about this protocol or that will be the same for other shows. And I was just sending them that link. So that saved me time having that video where I could say, you know, at the 17 minute mark, you know, he's going to go into that and they could hear it straight from the horse's mouth versus me, you know, having to, you know, send them a PDF. And then also to directing them to those resources. We had an app this year, which was brilliant. Stephanie uh, Turner Scott, um, she handles uh corporate marketing at ASI and also ASI show marketing as well now. And that was her brainchild. So mad props to her in development because who wants to carry a binder? Like your arms are feel, filled with like swag samples. Like no one wants a big, like thick Bible binder of like what's going on. So like that app came in clutch. So there was a lot of uh, promotion for that. And then also too, as well, having a branded hashtag you know, we have been really good. You've been awesome at every time we've had some type of event coming up with a hashtag that has really helped us mine that user generated content, because that's what people want. Like nobody really cares about sometimes like what the brand is doing. They want to see the brand interact with the community and the community to interact with the brand. People are more interested in that intersection. So I was being tagged left and right across like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, and it was great to see because of that branded hashtag, I didn't have to search. I could literally follow along with that across those platforms, reshare that out and tag for better amplification across our communities. So that was kind of like the high level, but this started way back, you know, and I think that that's an important thing, you know, to tell people is people just think that social media is like, oh, it's, you know, like this half-ass lift you do, like maybe you do it, maybe you don't, you know, like, have the intern take a couple of pictures like this started back in March <laughs> so to make it successful you know like a lot of sweat blood and tears not only from me but like John our entire team you know and all of ASI to make this work so yeah you know it's something that you know it, it, it hasn't changed much um year to year at least when I started doing social media at, at the trade shows, I know um, last two, three years, uh, you know, there's a lot of preparation that goes in, yeah. into this, you know, and, and social media is, is something that five years ago, maybe there wasn't much of a strategy, um, but now there is, you know, there's a lot of preparation involved and, you know, you kind of, you know, nailed it there when you said the branded hashtag, uh, you, you know, like 
we've been using ASI Chicago or ASI Orlando or ASI Fort Worth or, you know, one of those ha hashtags during the shows. And it's so useful, um, you know, and people, if they really want to capitalize on the content that's flowing at these shows, they really need to be mindful of what the trade show hashtag is. Uh, because those who know and those who are producing good content at the shows are using it. And it's really a one-stop shop for you to find out what's going on. Um, you know, and if you don't use the right hashtag, um, you could be just sending your content out into like a void, you know, and right. no one's going to engage in it. You know, that way, if you if you tag your content correctly, others are going to see it. We have the social walls at our shows. Yep. And for those who don't know what a social wall is, um, but they, they're just big screens, you know, at the sh show that when people walk around, they could see the screens at, and it just pulls in all of the hashtag content. So if you tag content with the hashtag, it's going to show on these big walls and people are going to say, oh, look at ASI, they're posting this or look at stalls. They just posted this or, you know, Tim Andrews is doing this. And it's it's really starting to become more high visibility than it's, mm -hmm. than it's been in the past. And I think that that's just a win for it's a win for the businesses. It's a win for social media. Um, and it just goes to show you the importance of, of what we do here. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I hope that I will have, I did a whole recap where I have numbers. So I'm somebody who's 100% down with benchmarking and transparency because people need to see. So I'll share some of those numbers in the write-up so you guys can kind of get a benchmark of how it helped us you know, to not only have a strategy in place to enact social media live during this event. And hopefully you guys will take some tips from this and see the value for yourself and your company that it really does affect, you know, like your business in a positive way. Like it's that uh, brand awareness, that engagement piece it nurtures, you know, so like don't sleep on it just because it might seem overwhelming, you know, start small and find some way to work it in because it's just going to help you, you know, positively you and your business down the line, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know if you have any questions and we'll see you guys on the next episode. See ya. Thank you.